Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 14 of The Confused Dad. And, you know, it's funny that there are a few things in life that you can talk about that get a lot of emotional responses and makes people feel incredibly angry if you step on their toes in terms of their beliefs and in their experiences. And obviously, these things are politics, religion, and in my experience, schooling. The schools people went to, the experiences they had, um, it gets them riled up, gets them angry. It gets them not liking you necessarily if you disagree with uh, some experience they've had or you you ask questions which may make them feel like the experience they had was not a good one or was different to what they thought. And I think this has to do with the fact that you go to school when you are developmentally, not even chemically in terms of your brain chemistry. Your brain hasn't even stopped growing. I think that's like physically at age 24, somewhere around there. So you don't get a do-over. There's no like, oh, I, I have had a really bad experience. I had... I, I had a, a horrible experience at school and now I can go back and do it all over again and have a better set of values or a better set of um, experiences that would that would uh, turn me into a better person. And I would like to share with you my experience, particularly with regards to being in an all-boys high school. So yeah, it's one of those funny ones because an all-boys high school and again, let me just, I'm just going to, to state this disclaimer is that it's purely my experience. It's just my experience. Uh, I know of people who had wonderful experiences and to them being in, a, in, a, in an all-boys environment, a sort of very traditional uh, school setting like that uh, was for them a very important aspect um, in, in terms of who they then became or, or what, kind of, what kind of men they became as, as they would uh, say that today I'm sure what kind of man did it make you but mine wasn't that mine really wasn't that great and I haven't had um, I don't know I, I think a lot of that has been suppressed because it is this kind of weird taboo subject and in our country very recently there have been um, challenges that uh, schools have experienced with regards to the way in which they operate and the values and practices that they um that they put in place behind the scenes. So I'm not going to mention which school I was a part of, but I, I, I don't know. I'd put my head on on the on the line here and say that some of these elements probably permeate most schools um, that are set up the way in which the one that I went to, uh, sort of on the basis on on which an all boys school is established. So here's my experience. So as a as a young little dude going into a high school setting, a traditional all-boys high school, the first thing that was very apparent to me was that there was clearly a pecking order. And that pecking order was based on which year you were in. So obviously if you were a grade 12 or a year 12 or a matric, whatever, whichever country you're in, if you're in the final year, then you had certain privileges and liberties over other people, which is, I suppose, fair enough. I think those kinds of things exist in most structures, um, not just schools, but it went down to things like uh, certain patches of grass could be walked on by certain individuals and not others. And I was kind of, okay, uh, all right, that's that's new. On my very first day, I remember seeing two older kids, older boys, and they were having a full-on fist fight in the center of this quad. The, the school was sort of set up as a, a, a large rectangle. 
and um, you'd have to move around the classrooms and there was this sort of central grass area. And they were just going at it, one, you know, punching each other straight in the face. And I was sort of like shocked by the level of just sort of not just violence, real life violence, because that's a funny thing. It's that I'm a big, big fan of um, horror film and gore film. Like that for me was awesome. I love that stuff. I don't know. There's something about like a guy having his head chopped off with a, with a, with a, some, some, some badly made rubber, you know, puppet head that gets cut off by, by a shovel that blood spurts out. For me, that was awesome. I thought that was very funny. But when you see real violence, um, it does leave a lasting impression. And from the word go, I was like, wow, this is day one. People are slugging it out. But what was more disturbing was the fact that obviously people were sort of uh, waiting for this fight's sort of conclusion or allowing this fight to to unravel. Now, I know, I know very well because this became a kind of mantra within the schools. You kind of boys have to sort of be allowed to slug it out and get over their differences. And there may be some truth involved with that, uh, setting up a boxing ring and letting those people who really want to solve their differences or get over themselves, um, let them let them slug it out and have respect for each other afterwards. And I've seen, actually, I've seen... Um, in the states, there's some there's some organisation that actually goes into neighbourhoods where there's gang related sort of tension, and they'll actually stage a full on sort of bare knuckle fist fight and almost um, referee it. And sort of when it's done, it's the kind of beef is squashed, so to speak. And and, and a lot of the time that does work. But we're talking about we are talking about gang violent ridden areas here. We're not talking about schools. So, yes, there's there's a sort of romantic view of what it means to be a boy in an all-boys school, and even a view of what boy is. You know, the, the quintessential Tom Sawyer, you know, all my worldly goods are now tied in a handkerchief on a stick. I have worms and a catapult in my back pocket, and I'm going to jump on a steam engine and see the world. Like, this is not... No, that's not how all boys are, and that's definitely not what I saw there. Obviously, contrast this with the fact that at my school that I attended, you had to wear these blazers and um, everything was about this kind of image of the traditional boy. There were these hats or bashers, they used to call them. They also referred to as cheese cutters. They were these um, sort of stiff stiff hats made out of sort of a straw-like material, very strange. But um, there was a, there was a, this, this emphasis on the code, on the code of what you had to look like, how you had to act, standing for every teacher that comes into the room, greeting every single adult that walks past you. These were all noble pursuits, absolutely, you know, um, classic, <laughs> sort of a classic view on, on a finishing school, perhaps, you know, where the ladies have to learn how to eat cake correctly, um, and the boys have to, you know, you know, lift their hats for the for 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 uh, for a woman. The thing is, then you contrast this with high levels of violence, and this is something that permeated my entire high school experience. Now, let me give you some context into who I was. Now, obviously, I didn't do myself any favors within that construct because the first thing that you notice within a structure like this is how important sport is regarded. It's held in such high regard often by the teachers more than anything else but obviously this rubs off on the on the students and as i talk you'll notice my i have a a lean towards a disdain for intense competitive sports that are sort of thrust upon young children but nonetheless let's move on from there um so there's this emphasis on sport where if you play rugby which was the the, the sport which allowed you to flex your masculine dominance then you were okay um, hockey was the other option, but you were secretly seen as 
um, well, let's just say it, it wasn't as progressive as today. And your sexual orientation would come into question quite often. Uh, you were referred to as gay or uh, homosexual um, in, in the most negative of possible ways um, if you played hockey. But I did neither of these because I didn't like the prospect of having either my back broken or my teeth smashed out. I like chess. Yeah, chess. I liked chess and I did not play rugby and I did not want to play hockey. Now, obviously, the school doesn't take well to this kind of um, insolence in sort of uh, you have to play a sport, uh, one of those two. I just could not do it. I couldn't bring myself. I'm not a physically high risk kind of guy, but there was absolutely no allowance for that. So obviously, my life was already slowly becoming a little bit more uh, intensely um, painful with with regards to my peer group um, slowly uh, sort of ostracizing me and or physically sometimes just walking past giving me a punch or a whatever else um, there was there was quite a lot of that and and I will say it's a top down thing um, the teachers there were quite a few of them um, the male teachers uh, who would uh, solve problems through physical violence it's as simple as that so um, my mind goes back to a specific story where the geography teacher, he had a a system in place where, yes, the school had its own structure where if you didn't do homework or you had some transgression in the class, you would be given a warning and three of those would result in a detention. He made it a kind of choice where you could either take the warning or detention or you could get hit with, um, with some kind of stick that he had uh, by by either himself or if there were more than one of you who had made some evil transgression in the class, like not doing your homework, you could then hit each other. And I don't know, I witnessed a lot of that happening. And because the culture was one of, hey, I'm a tough boy, I'm a tough guy, I can take it. So you kind of laugh it off. And he always used to say, you know, it's the boys' choices. It's their choice. It's your choice, guys. You can take the detention and sit for three hours or four hours, however long it was. Or you can just take a smack and uh, get it over with. So it was kind of a, I suppose it was kind of a, a non-decision, I guess. And I, I remember, I remember I, I came into, uh, I, I had the experience of having to get it. And he was the one that, that divided out, I think. Um, and it wasn't so much about the fact that it was winter that day and my butt stang like hell, not at all. It was the fact that here a young man was being physically hit in front of his peer group by an older man, and that exchange, that is not the way in which I believe the world needs to operate when it comes to teaching young people about having strength and respect for one another. I think that's absolute trash, absolute trash. Um, but you roll with it. I mean, you're a kid, whether you, you're shaving or not. I mean, I was, I was growing a freaking mustache before any of my other peers, thanks to my, my Portuguese lineage. Um, but still there was something in that exchange, which made me more distant and more, I really hated that experience. I really hated the school. I hated the people. I hated the teachers, not all of them, but most of them. And it just solidified that for me ever more that, no one was sort of standing up for the injustice that was that. Now, looking back, gosh, it's uh, uh, it's disturbing as all. It's for me the most disturbing thing in the world to think that 
my son, if my son had been in that structure and that had to occur, you know, I don't know. That's for me. That that's just totally crazy. But anyway, I suppose I'm questioning my own uh, how I even why I even sort of sat there and said it was okay for other people to go through that. And they may even go so far as to say, yeah, I want to be here to not do detention, so it's okay. But but that wasn't the point. The point was that you were using physical violence as a mechanism for what seemed like your own enjoyment. And I must say about that specific teacher, he did seem to enjoy the power or or yeah, that he wielded within that framework. He subsequently isn't a very good teacher, but it was weird. Yeah, he wasn't a very good teacher. Now that I actually know what it takes to be one. Um, but that was one example. Another thing that was constantly, constantly drilled was this hierarchical nature of, of teams, uh, rugby teams and their names. The first team had this status. Why? I don't know, because, um, it's so interesting that English schools, for the most part in our country, they play rugby, but they don't hold a candle with regards to the Afrikaans schools who, who've just as a, as a culture and as a tradition, uh, rugby has been part of of the Afrikaans um, way of life. I mean, they just are tougher people. And again, I'm generalizing, but God, they, they, their background, their history, I mean, you know, uh, settlers that came here that had to uh, climb over mountains using ox wagons with wooden wheels. I mean, their bloodline is tough as hell, tough as heck. So for me, uh, the, even though the English schools sort of have their own little tournaments and stuff, I never could get my head around the fact that they couldn't hold a candle to anybody who actually played it harder, you know, uh, but anyway, you had to learn the team's names, and this these teams would always be changed and constantly evolve, and then you had to, uh, once a week, you'd have to line up, and then you'd have to tell your the teams to the whoever the head boy of your house was. That was another interesting culture, and this isn't, this isn't Harry Potter-esque, eh? This isn't like, cool, I'm in a cool house with a cool emblem, and like everybody's supportive for the most part, and there's only like Draco Malfoy, who's like an a-hole. No, it's that the the houses were sort of unified in that they were all hostile kids they were all kids who stayed in the hostel so it didn't make make me very popular that I was one of the small contingent of children who uh, got to go home every day as a day scholar or a day boy they used to call them so already that was set up in such a way that the hostel kids were already away from their families they were already some of them yeah it was a strange thing that the, the school had a reputation for that's the way you send your that's where you send your boys to become men, right? So small towns and people all around the country would send their boys there. And I mean, leaving your parents at a young age, uh, which may be against your will, I doubt very many of them said, Yeah, that sounds awesome. I want to go to the hostel away from my family. It's just uh, they are, they are kids like that. But I don't know how many of a school like that, um, six or seven hundred children, I don't know how many of them would have liked to be in that situation. I sure as heck wouldn't have been. But um, that already puts you on the back foot. And there were sort of rituals, um, things that might have changed by now. And that's something else I just want to say is that many of these spaces have evolved and they, I hope they have evolved. I'm, I, I will never return to that space myself. I don't know. Uh, I'm just, there's just too much strange trauma there, I guess. Um, and then feeling of alienation, but they had these things where they would have rituals where the new boys would be put through a sort of obstacle course of, of sort of, there was a supposed ghost that, that, um, frequented the school. And on a specific evening, you would have to 
go and um, run through the hostels and have this experience. And for young, for a young, you know, a young kid, that's pretty scary. But there were stories of children being put in um, lockers and sort of pushed down the stairs. And yeah, there's just I just think that that for the most part, it wasn't. There was a lot that happened to a lot of people that left some kind of scar tissue that then would come out in other parts of their lives, their marriages, uh, relationships with their children, it leaves a lasting impact. Whether that impact is you turn into one of those those grade 12s that think that they are, you know, all that in a bag of chips. And I remember one of them said, or, or, or it turns you into me who goes, I'll never go back there. I never want to get involved with that stuff. I hate it all. It seems like there's two extremes. I know that there's old boys societies, you know, these sort of clandestine skull and bones groups who get together once a year or however they do it. And I can't think of for myself anything more sad than, and I say this again, I know that there's a different, there are people who are out there who are very different experiences, but anything more sad than getting together and, and reminiscing about how well you played cricket when you were 16 years old. You know, and whether or not you still fit in your blazer, like who who cares? I don't. And that kind of forced ritualized, forced heritage stuff is, you know, if 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 something if a culture is going to develop, it develops, right? You can't force it. That's sort of something I've been reading about, or I have read about in in sort of business books. Is if your organization's culture is not what you want, it's not something you can just overlay. You can't go, cool, we're a progressive company, so we're going to have coffee machines at every. A possible uh, flaw of this company where there's limitless coffee. Now we're really cool and everyone should be happy. And we have beanbags to sit on and exercise balls and standing desks like we're so progressive. You can't. You have to get the kind of people on board that have the embody the right kind of qualities, and then you take it from there. Then you don't need all of that stuff. In fact, your your culture will grow quite organically. But this this kind of overlay on on my experience of an all boys high school. See, even the way that you say that, the old boys high school where boys become men. Yeah, it's just, there's something in that which was very bizarre. So violence was was quite a common, um, uh, very, very common. And I also question, and again, there's research material on this, I'm sure, and I'll, I'm, I'm going to try and find some of it. But the separation of the sexes, I think, is is detrimental, detrimental. Um, the, the, I think the thoughts at the time was, yeah, let's separate the boys and girls so the boys wouldn't focus so much on the girls and they do better academically. That's, I mean, oh my gosh, a 16-year-old boy is only focusing on girls, whether they're physically there or not. However, I do think that there's a level at which the sexes, um, they curb each other's extremes. So, for example, one of the things that happened quite often was that there was this weird spitting culture that happened in the school where you just have guys walk past them because it was like people would just spit in the gutters. They just spit like hockaloogie. And this was obviously, yes, you know, school-wise, this was not not good. But people just did it. They just did. They just spat. And I think if there were girls present, they'd be less likely to spit. And girls may have, may in all girls' schools, I don't know, they may have experienced incredible emotional highs and lows that were sometimes maybe make them feel uh, out of control. Um, and your hormones are aging and all of that. And I think with boys present, sometimes there's a, um, maybe a moderating factor to that where they sort of go, okay, it's not that big a deal. Come on, man, get over it. Um, I think I think they're good for one another considering that, you know, the majority of us, as we get older, look for companionship in somebody. Not necessarily the same sex, but 
it's good to be able to get uh, along with them and understand them a little bit more and just engage. Look, you never, you never fully understand the complexity that is the female mind. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, but you ne- you never fully understand what it's like being uh, a woman or a man um, uh, in in a society in a structure, whichever one you're not. You never get to fully grasp that, but it does make for exploration or experience easier because you're both together so you can talk and you can you know do I don't know you can play sport together or you can just hang together and you can get a sense you can just get a sense of that now obviously you can't change I I very much doubt that you'll change a hundred year hundred year plus schools tradition they're not going to be taking girls anytime soon there's no infrastructure for that and so on but I think the splitting of the sexes is detrimental in the same way that the splitting of ages within schools is completely um, unnecessary. Uh, the structure that, that, that allows for, for people to be split, uh, especially in a country like mine, South Africa, where split division is really not what we need more of. We just don't. And for us to set that up for our children is totally bizarre. So I think... I think quite a fair amount has changed with the school that I went to uh, within the last few years. But um, I know for a fact that there are people who think very, very lovingly about their time and sort of look at the modern generation of of boys who go there and go, you know, you guys have it so easy. Oh, just off the top of my head, I remember in winter what every every uh, matriculant, every grade 12 learner, the last year of their high school, everyone got assigned a new boy, someone who would be their lackey, essentially carry their suitcase and so on. And it was incredibly common practice for the new boy to be told that the, the matric, the, the, their, their, their leader and master needed to go take a, take a crap. So they needed in the morning um, to go and warm up the toilet seat. So they would have to sit on the toilet seat to warm it up. I mean, what the heck is that i was lucky enough to get uh, someone who carried their own suitcase and i remember someone had asked him like why don't you get your new boy to carry it and he said because i can carry it myself so respect to that matchup like damn straight and i guess what never got anyone to carry my bag either because the whole culture of well we we suffered through it so you have to suffer through it i think that has brought mankind uh, some horrible pains I had to do it when I was a kid, so you have to do it now. It's like, okay, but wasn't the point that wasn't the point in having another generation of people so that they could like do better and not have to go through the same rubbish? Otherwise, we'd still be stuck with, well, back in my day in dentistry, we just pulled the tooth straight out while you were fully awake and conscious, so you have to do it too. Back in my, you know, my great grandfather worked in the coal mines at age six, so you're going to have to do it too. Like, we're happy to apply those things only when it comes to this kind of weird romantic notion of what it means to be boy turning into man and like how you make a boy into a man is through pain, suffering, repression, um, and violence. Like, hmm, I don't know about that. I don't know about that, hey? I'm not convinced. So, yeah, I mean, there are many, many stories um, that I'm sure exist out there. Um, but for me, I just wanted to share with you that not all schools would be that way but i'm if there's even sort of tendrils of that kind of institutionalized power dynamic stuff that's very concerning to me because i would like to move forward with our nation into a more less striated um approach to to one another and that's tough when even the youngest members of our of our community or i mean you know 
boys going turning into men. And you have to treat that with a level of respect. I think it's seen as um, it's sort of seen as something that has to be thrust upon or forced or pushed hard into uh, through through mechanisms that don't really make sense if we want a generation of caring, connected, and capable men. Absolutely capable. Absolutely. But then you you get buy-in through any human being by approaching them in a way which makes sense to them. Um, doing so at the, you know, the, telling someone they need to be creative or understanding or brave at the, at the, the end of a gun, that doesn't mean anything real. Uh, that's usually just because they're really scared. And for me, it was that way. But I, I would love to be able to know if there are people out there who had the exact opposite experience, because it's it's nice to know that even within a structure like that, there there was value for people. I don't know if um, a lot of it came from the fact that being away from your parents, I mean, you had to bond, you had to be in the in the mud, you were in the trenches together. I think there was a large portion of that that happened as a in the hostels. Um, you had to get along. Where else were you going to go? And you had to suffer together and you had to laugh together and eat together. So it is very much like the army. And I don't know, I don't like the um, the comparison or the link so closely between the military and, and school. At the same time, I know the military has its own systems that, that really do help people, particularly people on the fringes where they've had no influence, positive influence from their parents. They grow up witnessing some very horrible things. And sometimes for them, they click very strongly with the people inside of that kind of traditional environment where they feel loved and cared for by the rugby coach in its in their own way, like getting an elbow in the corridor as the teacher walks by, boom, for absolutely no reason, which happens often, bam, they would see as a kind of affection. And uh, yeah, I never did. I just saw it as a freaking elbow in my side. Like, thanks, dude. That would be considered quite abusive in most developed countries. I don't know. But I'd love to hear from you. If you had uh, interesting experiences in your high school, if you were in a sort of uh, separated, um, uh, non-co-ed environments, I would love to hear positive and negative uh, experiences. That would be fantastic. So if you have anything to share with me, you can feel free to just um, get get in get in contact with me uh, on uh, confuseddads at gmail.com. And uh, I'd love to be able to share some of your experiences if you've had any. So yeah, that's my experience. And I hope to be able to share more of it as it comes to me, because a lot of it is very murky. There's very little memory of that. And I think it's got to do with the way in which Perhaps human beings have to uh, repress memories that were unpleasant. They just they just have to be eliminated or disappeared or tucked into some sort of memory box far away in the back of your your brain cupboard somewhere. So yeah, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it, and I will speak to you uh, very soon. So until then, I'm the Confused Dad. Goodbye and have a great, great day.